and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Good morning and welcome into the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000. And we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Jay Hood. Cap is off today. Open phone lines as always for you. 312-332-ESPN. 332-3776 is our phone number here on the Deal Breakers Thursday. Deal Breakers comes your way at 835. But right now it's time for Shot or No Shot. Here's Shay Norling. Shay. All right, well, let's start with the story of the day regarding the Bears. Uh, They officially closed on the Arlington Park property yesterday, Hoodie, and the office of the mayor released a statement. It said, quote, now that the land deal is closed, we have an even better opportunity to continue making the business case as to why the Bears should remain in Chicago and why adaptations to Soldier Field can meet and exceed the Bears' future needs. Shot or no shot, this is the denial stage of grief. Uh, That is a shot. And it's been like that for a long time. One thing that Mayor Lightfoot did not take into account is the power of the National Football League. They have no understanding that if the NFL wants the Bears to move heaven and earth, they're going to move heaven and earth. She has no idea the power of the NFL. To the point where she thought, there's no way that I'm going to lose the Bears out of Chicago. There's no way. But again, the Park District, you tell me, the Park District is more powerful than we know. You know, as much as we would like to see new things at Soldier Field, it's just, it's just not going to happen because the Park District is that strong. And so here we go. The Bears going to Chicago, going to Arlington Park. I still believe, though, Shade, that there's going to be an AFC Chicago team in here. And, and it's going to be sooner than later, quite frankly. They, you see this in Los Angeles. You see this in the state of Texas with multiple teams. You see this in New York slash New Jersey. In this market, the NFL wants to be able to capitalize and cash in twice, the 12 o'clock game and the 325 game. There's going to be the Chicago Amazons or whatever the team is going to be. There's going to be another team in Chicago. And, 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 and by the way, people say, well, there's no way that the Bears will. It ain't what the Bears want. It's what the NFL wants. They're going to want to hit this market twice. At some point, there's going to be a second team here, and they're going to play at Soldier Field. AFC team here would be nice, by the way, because then the Patriots would come to town a little more often. Also, have to add in here, because this statement from the uh, mayor's office was so great, the adaptations to Soldier Field portion included a misspelling. It says (laughs) verbatim, the Bears should remain in Chicago and why adaptations to Solider Field can meet and exceed all of the Bears' future needs. <laughs> Just A-plus work. I had Solider Field, uh, but the reason why I had Solider Field is because I had Mexican last night. That was my Solider Field. Six out of ten. I don't need your great scale, pal. The audience sells, says the story there. It's not bad. Uh, I, I'm just going to tell you, man. That uh, she didn't write that. Somebody in her office wrote that. Statement from mayor's office spokesperson is how this is leaked. <laughs> I mean, she didn't write that. But I mean, come on, man. This is where people lose faith. I'll just I'll stop right there, Shay. But that's when people lose faith. I mean, a, a, whatever you think of Soldier Field, Soldier Field, Solider Field. Come on, bro. Just one of those things, man. If you are, are going to release a statement with the office of the mayor of the city of Chicago stamped on it, proofread. That's all we're asking. You got to proofread. It's not me sending a tweet. Like, I can screw up a tweet. Hood, <laughs> you can screw up a tweet. Yeah, no question. When you are putting out a statement from the mayor's office of the city of Chicago, Stop. proofread the statement. Solider Field. Maybe they thought that's how it's spelled. 
<laughs> Probably so. Probably so. Young young person is like solid or field, huh? Mm, okay. There you go. Finished. No, it's not finished. My God, man. It just makes everybody look bad. All right, Shay, what else do we have? Well, the White Sox opened camp yesterday. Of course, a bit of a cloud cast over the proceedings. Mike Clevenger arrived and was not placed on administrative leave during his domestic violence and child abuse investigation. Major League Baseball said they will not be placing him on leave during this. Well, Rick Hahn spoke on the White Sox's ability to gather this information before the signing. Listen to this. I will say that the confidentiality element to this policy is essential in order to protect not just players, but also those who feel aggrieved to give them the ability to come forward and express that there's an issue and to allow for an investigation to take place. Part of that confidentiality is that other clubs don't know about it. And there was no way for us to be aware of this incident without someone being in violation of that policy. And no one was, Uh, which again, is part of the strength of the policy, and it's how it operates. A couple of problems here. Chelsea Janes, a writer, uh, added yesterday that a police report was filed about the allegations of abuse against Clevenger last year. The White Sox would have had access to that. Uh, Also, Han added, quote, I understand what he did when he was asked if he was frustrated Clevenger didn't disclose he was under investigation. Shot or no shot? These answers from Rick Han just aren't good enough. Uh, that is a shot that's not good enough, but I'll just start with the signing itself. I heard the soundbite that Jay Moore just played, and he says that, well, because it's um, confidentiality, nobody knew about this. Clearly, you know, and again, if you are on the inside and you are as a Major League Baseball team, here's the thing, Shay, everybody knows. It's either rumor or innuendo, if you get picked up from someone. But as you just laid out, there was a police report that is available for everyone to see around Major League Baseball. Listen, you have a person here. And again, I want to make sure it's clear. People will hear what they want to hear. I'll just say it for those that actually are listening. I will just say that I don't know what happened with Mike Clevenger and the mother of his children. I have no idea. I'm not saying that he's guilty or not guilty because we don't know. What I'm saying is, is that if you are aware, if you're privy to the fact that there's something going on with Clevenger and it's around domestic abuse or something that is unsavory, something that uh, the organization would frown upon, then it's not worth it. The juice is not worth the squeeze. That's my point. I don't care. You're trying to go for the big W, but this this guy here is a fifth starter. We know the this is going to be a one-off anyway and maybe a prove-it deal for Clevenger on the baseball side. But on the other side, if, the, if he has an issue that's problematic that would be a distraction to the ball club, I would not have him on my baseball team, period. So that's my thought. So, yeah, sh- there's more to that from Rick Hahn, but he's hiding with the Major League Baseball uh, or Major League Baseball saying that, hey, it's confidentiality. We do not know. We can't really talk much more about it. You know what, Shay? I'm sure that he was aware, but he tried it anyway. That's my thought. Tried it anyway. And, and, just, and again, just to try to bolster that rotation. But, I mean, it's out here in spring training. Who knows how it ends? I'm just saying that for me, I don't need the smoke. I don't need it. Shay. Right, and that's what, like everybody keeps talking about what the White Sox burden of responsibility is here. To me, and this is just me, and I don't know if this is right or wrong, Major League Baseball is the 
body that has to do a better job here. It's the White Sox have one job. That is to win baseball games. They're going to try to do that by signing whatever players Major League Baseball allows them to sign. If you have an issue and you take umbrage with the domestic violence present in baseball, your issue is with baseball. The White Sox, it's the same thing as Deshaun Watson going to Cleveland. Your issue is with the NFL allowing that to happen. Cleveland has one job, win football games. The White Sox have one job, win baseball games. I get why they do what they do. I don't have to like it. That's a different conversation. But that that's where I think the burden for the White Sox lies. This is a problem with baseball. The White Sox are going to operate under the rules they're allowed to operate under. I understand that, but but see, I believe that Rick Hahn and others knew what was going on with Clevenger. You just laid out the police report. Yeah, no, that's the the other part is yeah. you have the PR awareness of a walnut when you're out there going. It's fair. Well, we couldn't. We had no ability to access this information. The one that really stuns me is uh, the quote, I understand what he did about not disclosing that he was under investigation. You don't have to say any. You can no comment that if you want to. You can't go, I get why he wouldn't tell us. That's a terrible quote. There's no way around that being an awful quote. I I don't disagree at all with that. Um, Some things you don't, it has to be unsaid. Now, Rick Hahn is... Whatever you think of Rick, I mean, it's long form. He's going to tell you a lot that's on his mind. But you're defending the player, and rightfully so. He's your White Sox player. I'm just saying that if I'm him, I don't bring him on the ball club if I have knowledge of what's happened before. Uh, and again, and by the way, I want to make sure it's clear. This is not just the first time that we've seen this. There's many examples of general managers or ownership saying, yeah, that guy is a shady character, but you know what? That guy's a winner. Put him on our team. Aroldis Chapman is the first guy that comes to mind with the Chicago Cubs. You know what was going on with him? People held their nose, and they enjoyed Chapman helping the Cubs win the World Series. And the same thing here with Clevenger, in which, again, we don't know what's going on, but if there's any red flags around it, especially for this team that needs good PR, there's no way that he's on the roster. Shay, what else? All right, we're up against it. I want to have a little fun before we get out of here. This, uh, there's been a lot of talk lately about the need for movies to bring back traditional romantic comedies. Have you seen this from Reese Witherspoon? She wants the rom-com back. Uh-huh. It's been pushed to the side in this comic book era of movies. Well, The Ringer released a list of the top 50 romantic comedies since 1970. Oh, wait a minute now. Okay. And the top five, Hoodie, are Jerry Maguire, Clueless, You've Got Mail, Pretty Woman, and at number one, When Harry Met Sally. Shot or no shot, When Harry Met Sally is the best rom-com ever. Uh, that's a no shot for me. I know others would say that's a no shot for me. Jay Moore, if I, if I told you the best romantic comedy, uh, it's, it's rom-com. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was thinking romantic movie. Love Jones is not a rom-com. That's just a romantic movie. Right. All right. So, okay. So, I'll, I'll remove them from that because that's my f- favorite romantic movie, of, if, if any. God. Give me, that, give me quickly that five again because when Harry met Sally, Pretty Woman on there? Yeah, the top five. Jerry Maguire, Clueless, You've Got Mail, Pretty Woman, and then at number one, when Harry met Sally. I mean, if you're working with that list, I would have to go with Pretty Woman. I mean, yeah. It's just, if you work with that top five, but it's not my top five. Damn it, Shay. This needs to be a segment. You boxed me in. I got to give more thought to it now. <laughs> well, let's do it. We can do around the NFL at 850. No, no, no. I mean, I, I already teased. We got around the NFL. I just like, if, I, if you give me that five, I would agree with Jay Moore that it would be Pretty Woman. That five. 
Jerry Maguire rom-com? That was what I... Jerry Maguire, I think of as a romance and a sports movie, not a rom-com. I don't think so either. Put that on the poll at ESPN 1000. Jerry Maguire a rom-com? <laughs> Let's see how that comes back. I don't think it is. I don't think so. I don't think it is. Man, a lot of seriousness in that one. Damn it, Shay, you boxed me in. There's some good ones on here. While you were sleeping, is Groundhog Day. Is that a rom-com? Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Yeah. It's not. Kind of not. Kind of not. I'm going to say no. Yeah. It's been a while since I saw it. I've only seen it one time. I did recently watch When Harry Met Sally. I'm not usually a rom-com guy. You can ask my wife. I don't sit down and watch a lot of these. Yeah. Um, when Harry Met Sally, we watched together one night a few months ago, and I did think it was fantastic. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Boomerang is a love is a uh, rom-com from Eddie Murphy. I think yes. it is. Yeah, That's I think so, one. too. So we'll go around the NFL, but you got, we got to circle back to this because you, you boxed me in on that one. Yeah, boxed me in. And in that five, I'm going to go with Pretty Woman in that top five. That would be my number one in that, in that five that you gave us. But there's other ones. i got to come up with my own list now. Uh, 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We will go around the NFL. Also still to come, we will have Deal Breakers. It's a Deal Breakers Thursday on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. Cap and Jay Hood are back on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. Nickball sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really thickly built guy. I mean... What's the answer you're looking for on these things here? It's the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. Caps off today. It's J. Hood with you. Good morning, Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going and chiming in with our nonsense here every morning and all the shows here at ESPN Chicago with you until 10 o'clock. Then I'll cross talk with Black and Abdallah. From 10 to 12, Carmen Yurko from 12 to 2. It'll be Waddle and Meller from 2 to 6 right into Tyler Aki, who's in for Black and Abdallah. Tyler will be on from 6 to 8 right into Freddie and Fitzsimmons at 8 right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. We'll have deal breakers at 835. But right now it's time to go around the National Football League. Here's Shay Norling. Shay? Yeah, I know we like to go around the NFL, get out of Chicago a little bit, but I actually want to start right here in Chicago. Uh, we got a little bit of this audio out yesterday. We didn't get a chance to dive all the way in, but Justin Fields was on Pardon My Take with Barstool Big Cat. You can hear Big Cat Tuesdays on Waddle and Sylvie at 4 p.m. Justin Fields talked to him about bear weather and uh, whether or not he enjoys bear weather and wants to play in it. Listen to this. Yes, it is very difficult to adjust to it, especially with the wind. Um, that's what I found out. That's that's what it's all about is the wind. You know, it can be cold. It can be 10 degrees. With no wind, you're fine. But with that 15-mile-per-hour wind, 20-mile-per-hour wind, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't fight it. It's tough. There, so. There's something to be said, I think, about, like, your physical running style. You're, you're a big dude. You're strong. Playing in that type of weather, mm-hmm. you inflict more pain on them than they do on you. The thing is about that weather is, like, when, when it's that cold, you have to bumble, bundle up, like put a, a bunch of layers on and stuff like that, and your body's cold, so you're not warmed up. So I feel like way slower in that cold weather, so it's tough. Ooh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, of course, want to try to stay warm on the sideline and stuff like that, but, I mean, it's hard to stay warm in that weather. Uh, warm-ups and stuff like that, your hand's freezing up, so it's, it's tough. Ah, he feels slower in the cold weather. You hear that? Colder. 
Okay, so he can't wait for the new stadium also. How about that? He wants the dome badly. So my question, this was in shot or no shot, the quarterback of the Bears saying bear weather, it's a myth, I don't like it, it makes me feel slower, I don't want to play in it, I'm excited for the dome. That's the end of the discussion. If the quarterback of the Bears is coming out and telling us, I want the dome, the dome is it. Forget outdoor football, forget bear weather, we are going dome. Uh, you know what? We are anyway, but that's that puts to, puts to rest any debate. No debate about whether outdoor football is better. It's just the whole thing of like uh, bear weather was a myth anyway, because here's why it's a myth for those that don't know. You know why bear weather is a myth? It's because you have West Coast teams and teams from the South that it would kick the Bears' ass in December, and if you're lucky, in January. So it, it wasn't like, oh, the Bears have this advantage because of the weather. No, the Bears did not have the advantage. Because it could have been teams out west, it could have been teams in the south, um, teams that are dome teams that are coming here in this weather in November, December, January. And you know what? They'd still kick the Bears' ass. So there is no Bears' weather. But I think it's very revealing that Justin talks about how he feels slow because I'm sure he's still going to be running the football uh, and talks about how difficult it is to stay warm. Very open and honest is Justin Fields right there. The add-on to this hoodie is, of course, this dome ain't getting built tomorrow. You're not going to be playing indoors next season. So the additional question here, will Justin Fields still be the quarterback of the Bears when they're playing in a dome in Arlington Heights? Of course. Yes, he'll be around. It's no doubt. I mean, here's the thing. If he's not traded at the draft, okay, or if he's not traded here in this offseason, he's going to be the guy moving forward. I mean, it's a nice sentiment, but it's exactly what's going to happen. Justin Fields will be the quarterback for this team. Now, as Courtney Carlin broke, broke down for us just the other day, you know, if the Bears underachieve, like their three wins this past season, if it's just four or five and you're just trickling in with wins in this development process, then, of course, you're going to keep your eyes peeled on this Justin Fields and his quarterback position. When the Bears go to Arlington Heights, I expect him to be the quarterback. I expect it to happen. Could you imagine opening up a stadium and sucking? Could you imagine? That's, that's why I said at the time, tongue-in-cheek to Cap, and Cap ran with it like it was the breaking news that should be on the front page of every newspaper. I said, you know, Iberflus will never see the new stadium. Because I know what this hire is, Shay. It's a transitional hire. He's not here for the long haul. He isn't. And, and, and here's another reason why. Not just because I don't believe in Iberflus, or I just think that was just a transitional hire. It's because... If this offense gets better, Luke Getzey's getting a job. So you sure that the next offensive coordinator could be able to lead fields to where the Bears need to be? You know how it works. You get hot, you get a head coaching job in this league. That's going to happen to Getzey if this offense continues to improve. I'm, I'm not looking forward to it, but I think that's reality. Well, there's the flip side of this, too, which is actually the next thing I was going to bring up in the around the NFL segment, sticking in the NFC North. Ben Johnson, Lions offensive coordinator, spoke yesterday on his decision to stay with the Lions. He said, don't ruin a good thing. There is the flip side of this. Maybe the offensive coordinator, you see the offense get hot. You see you got a great quarterback. You see you have a chance with the offense you're calling and the team that you're doing it with. Maybe you do stick around. Ben Johnson's doing it in Detroit. I think that's pretty smart. And I also will point this out because uh, the Kool-Aid man here to my right said that it is a, kind of a joke that this coaching staff all had playing experience. Where's the guy that's on the outside looking in? And guess what? For, uh, for every coach on that team, they've all played the sport. It's unusual, right? But 9-8 and eight, in this copycat league, what's Sean Payton doing? 
mean, he's trying to assemble a coaching staff. Rex Ryan, you know, aside, Rex Ryan has, you know, been around football. But I think that maybe there's going to be a team over the next few years that look at the Lions as a blueprint. When's the last time you heard that? You know, we've got to do it the Lions way. What? Who does it the Lions way? Some team will look at it and say, boy, boy, they built with those draft picks and that coaching staff. All those guys have dirt underneath their fingernails. They've coached before. Hmm. Maybe that's the way to go. It's interesting. It's unorthodox for sure. But people will start looking at it and say, hmm, let's do it the Lions way at 9-8. and eight. And, of course, I brought that up when they were 1-6 and six and making <laughs> foolish decisions and falling over themselves. <laughs> well, and I, look, you yeah. got a bunch of guys who have never coached yeah. all in coaching roles, whether it was Dan Campbell, Ben Johnson, Deuce Staley, Anthony Lynn, all these guys who had never coached. Well, it worked. For now. What are you going to do? For now, it looks good now. For we'll now, see what happens next year, but yeah. right now, it's working. That's fair. All right, what else do we have around the NFL? You mentioned it very briefly. This is not something I want to do a huge thing on, but Sean Payton uh, wants to reactivate. Apparently, the TV analyst to coaching pipeline is a super popular deal right now, whether it's Herm Edwards at Arizona State, the big success. The big success that was Jeff Saturday at the Indianapolis Colts. Could it be next? Rex Ryan returning to the league to call the defense for the Denver Broncos. Okay, so Rex Ryan knows some defense now. That's for sure. But the question I always have is, when you've stepped away for a few years, can you be able to you know, get that magic back? Yeah, you know the scheme. You know the defense. But can you be able to get that spark for Sean Payton's team? Now, Sean Payton's going to interview him, and, and he'll be a finalist because he knows Rex personally. But Rex is a guy here being the head coach of the defense, and that's exactly what that job would be, the head coach of the defense. I think he could do a decent job. I just want to know if there's any rust with that. Because you know Sean Payton. He wants to hit the ground running. He is the most coveted candidate in quite some time to be a head coach in this league. And so for him to get this job with Denver, he wants to be able to see what he can do with this defense. Uh, And Rex Ryan, he can talk his way into a lot of situations, but can he succeed? That's the question. And ultimately, as you well know, it comes down to personnel. Man, who's got a car running? Do you smell that? This is becoming a weekly occurrence. Oh, my God. Somebody just parks a truck in this alley. One day, we're all going to pass out. Danny's going to wonder, why is the Around the NFL bet going? We're all asleep. (laughs) Jay Moore face first on the the board. I've fallen over. what, What is that? What is that, man? We're all going to get carbon monoxide poisoning. Do you talk about about the, remember the story about the radio host who unfortunately passed away on the job? That's going to be us if this carbon monoxide spewing truck in our alleyway doesn't move. How does this happen, man? Come on. I can't, I got to keep the train rolling. I can't just rely on a partner just to help me through while, because Cap doesn't have a sense of smell. Which is, which is amazing to me. It's not because of COVID. It's just that that's who he is. He doesn't smell anything, which is just the oddest thing. So, I mean, he could survive here. He'd be the only one here, but all the rest of us would be passed out. That's all. Once a week or twice a week down here, carbon monoxide just starts to come into the room. Might have to sit down. If you get lightheaded, Hoodie, let me know. We got to keep things safe. Seriously, here. man. It happens, I mean, twice a week down here. It's something to be said about hosting a radio show in a radio studio that doesn't have carbon monoxide in it. Truck exhaust pouring through our ventilation. Jeez. I really, it's actually unbelievable that this is just, and it was the first time it happened, we were stunned by it because we didn't know what it was. Yeah. Is something on fire? Is, do we have to take care of something? 
oh no, that's just, you know, if they have a truck out there, that's what it's going to smell like. And now it feels like since the first time, it happens twice a week. Oh my God. It just, it, that, 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 whatever that was, just, it just derailed my Rex Ryan thought. Just whatever. <laughs> just, just that said, exactly. That actually might be a bit of a metaphor for Rex Ryan. A bit of gas and the thought left your head. <laughs> just amazing. Hey, it's going to be the biggest party of the year. Guests from ESPN 1000's 25 year history will be in attendance. You don't want to miss this one. Tickets will sell out fast. It's going to take place Friday, March 24th. Doors open at 11 o'clock. Live show goes on between 12 and 6. It's going to be at the House of Blues. Here's how you can attend. Go to LiveNation.com. Again, LiveNation.com or search ESPN Chicago to purchase tickets. you got to be there to see the 25th anniversary of this station, ESPN 1000. Coming up next, Deal Breakers. We do it every Thursday at 830. You never know what you're going to hear with Deal Breakers. It's Captain J. Hood. We're on weekday mornings at 7. Here's today's headlines with Captain J. Hood. Good morning, Chicago. The White Sox opened up camp yesterday under the cloud of domestic violence and child abuse allegations for pitcher Mike Clevenger. Clevenger met the media yesterday saying that hey, don't rush to judgment and reiterating his belief that he will be exonerated. The Bears made it official, closing on the Arlington Park property in Arlington Heights, finalizing the acquisition of their new stadium site. The Bulls, what's new? They blew a 24-point lead last night against the Indiana Pacers, 117-113. Zach Levine had 35 and no DeMar DeRozan in the game. Go Cats! Northwestern backed up their huge victory against number one Purdue. They took down uh, Ohio State last night. Uh, UIC lost to Indiana State seventy nine to sixty. Bradley over Missouri State sixty four fifty four. And the world lost a star yesterday. Raquel Welch, star of Fantastic Voyage, she passed away at age eighty two. Welcome back to Captain J Hood Experience weekdays from seven to ten on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN no. Chicago. We all have to make choices in sports and in life. It could be running on third down. You ran the same third down situation, and you ran the same play twice. You're getting paid for that. I cannot believe the call. Or managing finances. This country, you've got to make the money first. Or it could be a deal breaker. Northwestern defeated Indiana. My bad. They beat the uh, Hoosiers last night. 14th ranked Courtney Cronin's Hoosiers. Yeah, we're gonna. By the way, we're gonna hear from Courtney Cronin here this half hour. She came through for the Cap and J Hood Morning Show. You're gonna hear from Courtney coming up this half hour. But first, it's Deal Breakers here on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Cap is off today. I'm J Hood on the Cap and J Hood Morning Show, and with Deal Breakers, here's Shay Norling. Shay. All right, let's get started with Deal Breakers hoodie. This one. Came from upstairs earlier this week. I heard about it from a friend of ours. Upstairs. There are, there are snakes upstairs, I understand. Well, yeah. We just hope the roof doesn't collapse along with this <laughs> damn truck in the alley. All right. All right. So you're at a Super Bowl party with your wife and your young kids who have a fairly strict bedtime, and it is a school night. At the start of the fourth quarter, with the game close, readying for an exciting finish, your wife starts getting the kids ready and tells you it's time to go. How do you react? Well, first of all, that's a deal breaker because the game is on right now. And, you know, for those that are – and you tell me, guys, if this is the case. Non-football fans look at that clock on the bottom of the screen and think that's actual time. She's probably thinking, well, this game's going to be over in two minutes. Let's get the coach going. Let's get the starter remote. Let's get the car warmed up so we can get out of here. The two minutes on the clock is not actual two minutes. 
<laughs> I think that that, that might have been the case. You tell me, Shay. I'm thinking that she looks at it and she goes, it's going to be over in two minutes. All right, kids, let's get to the car. Let's come and put your clothes on there. Like, like, I think that that's what she thought. And so, no, it's a deal breaker. We've been here the entire time, and now you want to get the coats and go. And everyone and probably in the room is saying, wait, wait, hold on a second. This is the climax of the game, if you're borrowing the expression. This is the end of the game here, right? Right? It's Listen, final four minutes, tie game, fourth quarter. Two minutes, though. You want to go, go. Have fun. Go. I'll find a different way home. You want to take the kids home, get them right, go. That's fine. I'll find a different way home. Don't pull me out of my Super Bowl at the very end of it. I would say it's the Super Bowl. It's a deal breaker only in this regard. If you want to go, go. But I'm going to keep the kids with me so we can watch this moment. The, the moment will be taken away from. Them. And see, if you take the moment away from them, Shay, you know what it is? Just a party. But the kids will, even though, again, it's a bunch of football players they may not know. It's just that, hey, I got a, a video and a picture. We're watching this all together. Mom's gone because she's ready to go because it's a, it's a school night. It's going to be school the next day. Screw that. You leave. Me and the kids stay. Two minutes is not two minutes. We might be another half hour. So you, if you want to go, go. That's how I'd handle it. They would not be t- she would not be wrapping up the night with two minutes left. Screw that. Lord knows it's rare enough the Super Bowl is actually a good game. Don't pull me out of it in the final two minutes. What are we doing here? Honest to God, I don't think she knew. And you can double check that for me. We will. But, but like, wait, it's the Super Bowl. If the final buzzer hasn't sounded, right. don't pull me out of the game. If it's close, it's rare enough that it's good. Half the time, it's a blowout. We finally have one of the all-time classic games. Don't get the kids ready in the final couple minutes of the game. I, I don't think she really knew that that was not actual time. That's what I believe. Shay, what else do we have? That's a deal breaker. We got that one. What's next? All right. This comes from a friend of mine. You're in a new relationship with a woman who is basically perfect for you. There's a great connection emotionally and physically. You really enjoy spending your time with her. One night, however, when you're looking at her, maybe after a little uh, adult time, a thought pops into your head. She looks like your sister. Is this a deal breaker? <laughs> she looks like your sister. Now, in which way? Body, hair, just all of it. She just looks like your sister. Her in the face, all of it. She rese- you realize she resembles your sister. And that's a tough thought to get uh, get to noodle on out of there. Holy smokes. You know what Cap would say. Is, is your she sister hot? hot? Is she hot? Popsy twins. Pop, 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 pop. He'd be all about it, right? <laughs> you guys look the same. I feel like I'm doing my sister. I'm just telling you. <laughs> um, so, no, I, well, I would not date someone that looks like my sister. Not nothing. I'm not casting any aspersions against Aisha. I'm just saying that I would not date someone that would look like my sister. That would be a deal breaker for me. She, we might have a lot in common, but keep in mind, when we are in bed, and I take a look, and I'm thinking, I wonder what my sister's doing. I can't do that at the same time. But that's the thing. It's like once you see it, too, it's not something you unsee. Yeah. You're going to hold on to that thought. If this is My buddy came over, and he's telling me this. He's got this great connection with this girl, but unfortunately, he had the thought she looks like my sister. Yeah. Have to end it. Can't continue with this. It's a deal breaker. 
this that's that's pretty easy for me. I just like I could not date someone that looks just like my sister, body wise, hair wise. We have a lot in common, you know. But at the same time, it's like I can't do that. Can't do it. And, wh- and what do you think? And what do you think the possible future sister in law would think? Right? What do you think your sister would think? Like if you me- if you introduced her, it's like, hey, this is my sister or so and so. Well, what? If, okay, so what if only you see it? What if everyone else in your life they don't see that she looks like your sister? You are the only one who sees it. I can't live with it. You know what? Because you know what? Everyone else's opinion doesn't matter in that in that spot, Jay Moore. I mean, we might be in love, but I can't look at someone that's a doppelganger of my own sister. That's crazy. So what if Papa was Rolling Stone and you found out she was your sister? Then it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Thank you. Then it's the South. <laughs> that's what that's what that is. And 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 by the way, that also is a deal breaker that Norlin came up with as well. The whole thing of if you found out that you were with someone that uh, you found out later in life through Ancestry.com or whatever, is your cousin? That yeah. your cousin? Would you tell anybody or how would you handle that? No one would know. Nobody would know. It, it, only you two would know. It would be the dirty secret in the family. So, yeah. yeah for me, I think that's easy, Shay. Because it, it's me. Maybe no one else sees it, but I see it. You have tendencies of my sister. And we're going to get married or and have a, or a long-term relationship? I can't do it. Nope. Okay, what if you don't see it, but everyone else in your family does? So people are, or your friends, boy, she really looks like your sister. And you're like, I don't, I don't see it. Can't get to it. Does that become an issue? Because then you know everybody in your life when you're not around is talking about how you want to bang your sister. That's what that becomes. <laughs> I'd ask her, I was like, could you change your hair? You know, you'd probably be better as a blonde. <laughs> like, could you, could you do that? I would, I would request that. I, you know what? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. All I know is that it, it's got to be, again, from my viewpoint, from my standpoint, because everybody else's opinion doesn't matter. But my opinion, if she looks like my sister, there's no shot. It's not happening. Can you? Do you have time for one more? Can you squeeze in another? I have two left. We could do them on the other side. All right. Deal Breakers continues after this. Would you date someone that looks like your sister? I mean, an exact replica of your sister. Guys, would you do that? Women, would you do that? You have a brother. And your brother is, uh, you know, is someone that you love. But you date someone that looks like your brother. Would you do that? Would you marry them if they had an exact replica? 312-332-ESPN is our phone number. Captain J. Hood on Chicago's Home for Sports. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. Cap and J. Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Courtney Cronin came through for us on Around the Horn. She gave the phrase that pays on that program yesterday. We'll play it for you if you, in case you missed it. But let's get back to deal breakers. Here's Shay Norlin. Shay? All right, your friends are setting you up on a blind date. You know that the woman is a good person and very attractive, but the date is set up to be your favorite team's biggest rivalry game. And the date is a fan of your rival. Do you go on that date? So for you, Hoodie, this is... Georgia, Florida. You're being set up on a blind date, and your date is a Florida fan. Is she hot? I'm just asking you. 
Jack's yacht? Sure. Okay. And she's a Florida fan. Okay. You know, because Georgia lately has been the hammer and Florida's been the nail, you know what? For the story, I'll go ahead and, and do this. We can do this. You know why? Because if we have something in common and she's a Florida fan and I'm a Georgia fan, it's okay. You know, it's not a deal breaker for me. I know it surprises you, Shay, as someone who is a diehard fan of the back-to-back national champion Georgia Bulldogs. But I, you know what? It's not a deal breaker for me. I want to see how the date goes. Now, here's the thing. If we were in our 20s, that's the other thing, too. If we're in our 20s and we have this healthy rivalry going because we're in college, okay, maybe that's an issue back and forth because that's the height of your, you know, of your um, fandom in college when you're right in college and you're die hard for your team. But you know what? I'd go through with it just to see what happens. Maybe we have a meaningful relationship, even though I'm on the Georgia side and she's on the Florida side. So it's not a deal breaker for me. Now, to you, sir. If she is diehard Big Blue, if she is a Michigan fan, how do you handle that as a Michigan State guy? I, before I met my wife, I did date a person who went to Michigan. and Is she hot? Maybe not hot enough. But <laughs> I, I did date a woman who went to Michigan, and, and it wasn't great. Um, at this point in my life, no, I don't think so. I actually think that would be a deal breaker for me. As an older gentleman... It's an older gentleman. You, yeah. The I mean, thing I, is, like, yeah. sports, I've realized, and this is dumb, but I've realized that they're, they're too important to me. Specifically, that one. Like, the Michigan State football, I'm sorry. When they're playing Michigan, you're my mortal enemy. It's not a house-divided situation where, like, we can have fun with it. It's just, like, that to me is, sorry, sorry we're not going to get along. It's not, I'm going to want to make fun of you year-round. I would expect you would want to make fun of me year-round. I don't want to be a person with a person where it's like that over something dumb like sports. I would much rather just have the allegiance where either we're both Michigan State people or I'm Michigan State and you're some whatever, and we don't ever have to have those conversations. If she's Oakland Golden Grizzlies, you're totally fine with My that. My wife is Oakland Golden yeah, Grizzlies. Exactly That's right. right so buddy. it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's a Grizzly. Now, here's the thing you didn't ask me. You didn't ask me if she was a Bama fan. Well, I figured Georgia, Florida, a little bigger, right? Uh, not lately. <laughs> the way we've been beating their ass. <laughs> not lately, but I mean, yeah, I mean, we have our sights set on trying to be where Bama is, even as back-to-back national champions, right? Even though you will have someone on that uh, ESPN panel that will tell you that Georgia is the leader in college football, that Bama's in the, in the past, which is not the case. Um, you know, if she's a Bama fan, I might have a little bit more of an issue, Jay Moore. It don't really bother me because I'm just screwing my rival <laughs> all the time. Yes, you'd be screwing like your that. rival. That's right? a good way to look at it. That's exactly right. Time and time again, over and over again. Every night. Every day, every night. I'm screwing my rival. I love it. Hey, stop it. All right, that's Deal Breakers for a Thursday edition right here on Chicago's Home for Sports ESPN 1000. Jay Hood with you. Uh, still to come, we're going to hear from uh, Jesse Rogers. He'll be with us at 935 from uh, spring training, as pitchers and catchers have already reported. Shout out to our friend and our teammate, Courtney Cronin. And before I play this, let me just tell, tell you this about Courtney Cronin. She covers the Bears for ESPN Chicago, but she's a long a longtime friend. And it was great to work with her for the first three days of Cap and Jay Hood because we, we've never worked together before. But the 
I guess the, the connection that we have comes from our love of Jeff Dickerson, who, as you well know, passed away uh, a, a little bit of a little bit ago uh, and succumbed to cancer. So I'll always have that connection with Courtney because Courtney worked with J.D. when Courtney's working with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we've done shows with Courtney together, J.D. and I. So there's always going to be that circle. And so we'll always have that respect and love because of our love for J.D. So it was great that Courtney was able to take time out of her schedule to be with us um, for the first three days of our show. And uh, it was fun because we asked her to help us out. It's like, hey, you're on this big platform around the horn, and she's a star. There's no doubt. She's on a lot of different platforms. She has, she has a lot of irons in the fire, not only here, Bears, on ESPN Radio nationally. She's on Around the Horn. She does a lot of writing. But we asked her to do something silly. We asked her to give us the phrase that pays, something that uh, you can wink at the Cap and J-Hood audience with. And she certainly did that for us yesterday on Around the Horn. Whether it had Todd McShay now having the Colts trading up to number one in his latest mock draft, whether that was the impetus for it or not, you can give me some light into that, Courtney. But my question is, did Ursa say too, say too much here? I can hear someone in Houston's front office yelling, hey, Jim Ursa, keep your beak out of this. Keep your beak out of this. Yes, she did it right there on Around the Horn. She gives us the... Keep your beak out of this. Ah. Keep your beak out of this. Keep your beak out of it. The way that she put the B in beak, the way I would do it. You see that, Jay Moore? It's a shout out to the show. Keep your beak out of it. Outstanding work by Courtney Cronin. She had a lot of things to work with between caps, catchphrases, my catchphrases, she chose keep your beak out of it in front of a national television audience on ESPN. It would be interesting to know what her top five was because she did say she had five. She did. But, of course, her computer crashed. <laughs> she's only a writer, by the way. She's only a writer. Uh, and she's there. She spills her coffee. And I don't know if the coffee spill has something to do with her computer. But there's, like, news breaking. And she wants to write. And she couldn't write because her computer wasn't working. I don't know what happened there. It's on her, she says it's on her computer, but she couldn't get to it because her mouse pad wasn't working. So she couldn't scroll down. Klutzy Cronin. I saw this in real time, Courtney. Thank you so much for putting out there the drop, the phrase that pays. Keep your beak out of this. Jay Hood with you here on the Cap and Jay Hood Morning Show. Back in two minutes.